welcome back to the Effort of Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cleveland. On today's episode, Gabe, Giannis, and I talk about Gabe Goes to Europe, Lessons Learned, Empowering Your Team, Traveling and Movement, Effort Over Everything. I always love talking to Gabe. We always have great conversations. I hope you guys enjoy this one. We will be putting on some new Q&A style episodes. Don't forget, we have the Coffee Clipas. We also have other guest episodes. But today, Gabe Giannis from Team NC Fit is on talk about all kinds of things, including how we get 80% of the way there. And then how do you get that additional 20%? And if you're a gym owner, stay tuned towards the end and talk about our bi-weekly email for gym owners specifically, which we're really excited about. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you about our friends over at Merrick Health. Actually, my wife today just got additional blood work done. You know, Merrick did a really good job, at least with us, of making blood work accessible. We had not done it for a long time. I'm speaking for myself and our family. And so by working with Merrick Health, they've done a really good job making it accessible, giving us the right panel, just making it easy with the white glove service. So if you've been thinking about getting your blood work done, you know it's important, but it's kind of a pain in the butt. Make sure to check out Merrick Health. Check out the podcast show notes. Use code EOE for 10% off your first blood panel that myself, my wife, and our team have all received. Now that any further ado, let's dive into a great episode with Gabe Giannis and how he went to Europe. Let's go. Mr. Giannis, I have had a hell of a morning this morning. I just told you, I was like, dude, we just got to start recording. I'm fired up. I uh, I was at the gym, got in a great workout. I got to tell you about it. Came home and I found the entire family in the garage working out. It was like a dream come true for me. It was awesome. Hit the plunge and now I'm on with you. So I'm, I'm feeling good, man. How are you? You hit the 55 degree plunge. Hey, you know what? It's still a plunge if it's under 60 is what I, I'm, I'm making up my own rules here, but, uh, and to be honest, it might even be a 56 this morning, but don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'll give you a hard time. That's awesome though, man. That's so cool. Yeah, um, dude. The, I'll tell you about the workout, man. Um, so the workout this morning, uh, for anybody interested, I thought this was a really good one is all you need is a single dumbbell. That's it. And it starts off with 12 um, goblet squats. You can hold in the front rack or however you want to. I use a 60-pound dumbbell, 12, and then eight uh, lunges, either forward or reverse, and then a 100-meter run. You AMRAP. You do as many times as you can in three minutes. You then rest a minute, and you do that for five rounds. But the vibe this morning at Redwood City in particular, there was probably like 15 of us, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit more. But man, it was just a bunch of fire breathers. Like these guys were just going after it. And so then I was trying to keep up. And so it was just, it was a good morning. I love that, man. <clears throat> you know, it's obviously super bittersweet that Redwood City is going to be closing here at the end of the month. But um, it's been really cool to see a lot of, you know, the members of that community that I follow just it seems like it's really positive, like, you know, focusing on the memories, kind of like celebrating the fact that, you know, that that gym and that community is such a big part of their their journey. And I, I love hearing that, you know, you're going there in the morning and vibes are right. And people are kind of, you know, making the best of, you know, a situation that obviously isn't ideal. You know, we, you know, there were circumstances outside of our control that just kind of forced our hand to close that location. And I'm sure gym owners out there understand, right? Like our land, our landlord isn't renewing the lease. Like we unfortunately have to leave that space, but you know, on, on the bright side, I think at least for me, kind of as an outsider looking in, cause I'm just following on social media. I'm obviously not in the Bay area. It seems like a lot of people are, are focusing on all the good memories that have come out of that location and kind of celebrating this last hurrah versus, you know, being super dead 
pretty downer on the unfortunate fact that this gym is closing. Yeah, I mean, one thing we have going for us, so we've been there 10 years, which is a long time. And that location, the membership there have been really, really good to us, like really good to us. And we've had some great coaches there. Um, the good news is, I think that the reason why this hurdle wasn't as big as maybe others in the past we've had to overcome was that all the staff that these members, you know, love, they're all still having a job at NC Fit, still able to coach. And then all the members have an opportunity to just go to our Mountain View location, which is not that far away. Um, you know, I think that there's going to be quite a few of the members who are just going to pivot over there and it's, it's not going to be a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, and for those that, you know, don't, obviously in the future, we're always looking for new locations. We're always looking for opportunities and uh, maybe we'll head back up um, in that area again. But yeah, it was just, man, it's just fun to be in that group environment where the energy is there. It's, it's, it was, it was a good, it was a good morning this morning. So I'm, I'm ready to rock. Now you just got back from like uh what felt like uh what'd you take like a month off of work or something like that um, <laughs> 12 <laughs> days 12 days 12 days how is that i gotta ask you so i um you know i i've uh, for the last i don't know how much you actually turned it off but for the last um however many years we've we've had the company you know coming on 15 uh, even when I've traveled for my honeymoon and different things, un unfortunately, there was there's there's definitely still times where I still needed to be active because there's just certain things that I had to do for the business that I didn't have the ability to just totally shut off. So how shut off were you and how did that feel? I'm curious. Completely. I mean, I would say completely. Um, you know, you texted me a question at some point uh that that i felt I compelled to answer well i mean well you're asking how disconnected i was i was disconnected up yeah. until the point that you texted me a question that i had to answer <laughs> no i'm i i mean the one thing i did i i, I didn't want to put an out of office reply because sometimes those i don't know it it was such little time i had to spend just combing through email every day to just make sure that things got forwarded to the right person um as opposed to just having a generic like, hey, I'm out of office, like email collective for all things, because I get emails that are kind of all over the place, like some collective gym still email me, uh, we have the application out for the, um, you know, uh, media specialist. So that was something that I, I definitely wanted to reply for because we're, you know, really looking for the right person. And I didn't want to leave someone hanging. Um, and then I get, you know, I still get questions about the app specifically, get questions about, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I just wanted to make sure that that was one thing that I, again, like, five minutes every day, like just anything that needed like immediate attention, um, got forwarded. But aside from that, I was, I was completely disconnected. And, you know, I think that one thing that I've taken very, you know, seriously in, in, in my time here, and, and I forgot where I read this, it, it must've been a book or, or a podcast, but, you know, sometimes people feel that being the best like leader or person in your organization, in your team means setting yourself in a position where like only you can do certain things. Like you are an essential cog to the machine that if you are removed, like things are going to fall apart. And, and, you know, for a lot of people, there's this belief that that gives them, you know, security and that that gives yeah. them, you know, like, like, well, what would we be if like, you know, you're not there. And I think it's, it's a really short, short sighted way of looking at things one thing that I've really tried to do, um, and you know, not to pat myself in the back here, but really empower the people around me to be able to do everything that I can do. And if not better, you know, I think that it's super important that, 
you know, my job as director of sales and marketing here isn't necessarily to do all the sales and marketing, but to make, you know, Liz and Fiddy and, and now Amanda so good and competent at what they do that I can spend 12 days and they're, you know, in a perfectly good position to do everything that we do really well. Um, and that's a huge testament to those guys. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've said this time and time again, like I, I feel like I'm super lucky that the team around me is just so good, so passionate and so like just resourceful too. Like they're the type of people that if, if they can't figure something out, like they're not just like, hey, Gabe, what do I do with this? Like they're figuring it out or trying to figure it out before they, you know, ask for help. And obviously, you know, there's a time and a place where you should ask for help, period. But, you know, I think that we've done a really good job, too, of just having a team of resourceful people to where this may not have always been the case. But, you know, this time around, I really felt like I, I, I didn't have to worry about anything while I was away. Well, I think you brought up a really good point. I think it's something I acknowledge. Like, there's this double-edged sword, right? So if you make yourself, um, if you make yourself, like, like you're saying, like we're other people can kind of pick up the pieces. There's like this, um, like almost uh, in the back of some people's minds, I wonder sometimes if they almost, uh, not self-sabotage, but if they intentionally try and hold back certain things from their team so that they are the only ones, the keys to that particular skill set or that particular thing, because maybe it makes them feel more desirable for the organization or uh, irreplaceable, like to your point, right? And I think that, that's a tough mindset to have because ultimately, uh, it, I think that we have to have systems in place that if someone wants to go do something like you did, then other people could pick it up. But it takes a big person to be able to delegate those things and give that 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 kind of like um, uh, I'm I, I guess I'm giving you credit where credit's due, right? Because that's not that's not easy to do what you are doing, where you're you know what I mean? Like we're you're giving away all those different um. I'm not, I'm not describing this effectively. You get wrong. Yeah. I mean, remembering a little bit more now, like the exact quote, I think that was either in this book or this podcast was that, you know, good leaders are able to have the machine running well while they're in their position, but great leaders are leaders that, you know, when they actually leave, the company can still flourish. And I think the book now is, is from good to great, which is a really, really good book. I'm, I'm almost fairly certain that that's where it comes from if anybody wants to check it out. And that book does a really cool, it does like different case studies on CEOs during really tough times and um, like does a good job identifying what makes these leaders that can come into a company that's even like on the down and really kind of turn things around. And that was one of the things that it spoke about is having this mentality of not being the leader that can come in and fixes things because you're the one that can do the things that fixed it, but instead coming in and making the team around you better so that you can say, come in for three years, get the company back up and going, move on. And the company just, just flourishes from there. It's not just that the success follows you is that you can come in and make people better. And I think that, you know, one thing that people can understand is some of the best athletes, some of the, the goats that you call it in team sports are always people that come in and yeah. make their teams better, right? Like they make the people around them do well. It's not just, you know, you come in and, and, and you're a one man show. And obviously there are exceptions and people can bring up, you know, players like, like Kobe or Michael Jordan that like, you know, obviously could dominate a game on their own, but some of the best players out there do make their team around them so much better.
Yeah, shout out to Steph Curry and the Warriors for their championship. Woo woo! I mean, I'm such perfect a example. Guy. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. But perfect example. I mean, anyone that follows the Warriors, I mean, talk about a team that, like, you know, those players are obviously amazing on their own, but they make other people, like new players, just so much better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's I was actually in San Francisco the morning when they had the parade. Man, it just got it. It just I left crazy, before right? it went crazy. But yeah. I've never been to one of those parades before. Maybe one day I'll go to one. But in the meantime, so you were gone for twelve days. Uh, obviously, you know I think that that's an important note we were talking about, about empowering your team and the different leadership styles. And and so when you were gone, where was your favorite place? Because you went to Portugal. You went to Nice. Did you like Nice as much as I thought you were going to like Nice? everywhere no. that we went no, no no i did i did i mean everywhere oh. that we went it it was incredible for like different reasons nice was so beautiful it was just such a like the south of france and like being on a warm beach you know like a because it's the mediterranean so like the water oh, yeah. isn't even like that cold and it's like crystal clear um every place was so cool for for different reasons and so just to give you a quick rundown we went to lisbon and portugal stayed with friends there. Actually, Zay, who you met when you went out to Portugal and did that like gym owner meetup. Yeah. Remember my, my buddy? Yeah. So we stayed with him. Then we were on our own in Nice, Paris, Berlin. And then we finished out the trip in, in Copenhagen, Denmark, where I stayed with Oliver, CEO of, of Puri, where I worked at last, who I've still stayed in, in, in close touch with, good friend of mine. Um, and so we stayed at him in, in, in Copenhagen. And it was a cool mix because in Portugal and um, Copenhagen, Denmark, where we stayed with locals, we did pretty much none of the touristy things and just a lot of like hole in the walls, like really cool stuff that you would only know if you're staying with someone that's like local to the area. And then like in Berlin, Nice and Paris, we like did all of the touristy things, which are super fun in a different way. Like you can't go to Paris and not check out the Eiffel Tower. Like it was super cool, but it's it's just different, right? Like that's the stuff that everyone's doing. And, you know, it's a little bit tougher to like find the places to get food that are just great food, but you would never know. Um, yeah. So it was a good mix of like really different experiences. I think the one thing that maybe we would do differently if we were to do a trip like this again, and, and you know, I don't see us doing a trip like this again, because a big reason that we kind of want to check it off this, this off the bucket list is the way we did this five cities in 12 days would be really tough or close to impossible with kids, right? Like yeah. we were in an airport every other day. And, and that was fine for us because, you know, it was just me and Ariel spending time together. Like it was just nice to travel together, even if we're just at the airport or whatever. So it was nice, but like it was exhausting and it could be really tough for, you know, a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, when, when Ash and I did our honeymoon, we were gone for, I want to say we were gone for like 19 days. And at the time we didn't do a, for our wedding, we didn't do a, a normal registry. So we didn't get like plates and like whatever else you get when you register. We did a honeymoon registry. I don't know if you've ever, you, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. You, yes. Yeah. And so the honeymoon registry was cool because like people could like, I don't know, I, basically we got a shitload of money instead of getting a bunch of stuff and we're able to use that money, which we did towards the honeymoon. And, but we were same idea, man. We went, couple days here, a couple days there, a couple days here. And it was at the end of it, it was like, we had to go take a vacation from our vacation because we were gone. We were just going so much, but we got to experience a lot of what the world had to offer right there, or at least Europe. And like you said, you can't do that with kids. So I'm glad we did that too, similar to the way you did it. Yeah. It, 
It was awesome, man. We, we got to see so much. We got to try so much food, um, so much really, really good food and also just like different experiences. It was, it was cool because we went to such different countries in such a short span of time to also just like kind of observe the little like intricacies of the different cultures and, and how people like on the metro of different countries like behave and like how it, it was just cool for so many reasons. Did they, uh, did you, did you experience like how they did like siestas? I don't know if you had that in like Portugal or like how their, their lifestyle is much different. Like the first time I went to Europe, I remember I sat down at like a cafe and I, a few things I noticed. The first thing I noticed was like the, the fact that they never, I always felt like I was in a huge rush and they didn't seem like they were in a rush at all. And then the second thing was like the, t the tipping process was different too. But did you notice how people are like, and maybe it's also because I'm a little bit more on like the, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, let's go. But did you notice how people were a little bit more low key? Oh dude, 100%. And, and, you know, like the siesta thing is not something that we particularly saw. And it was funny because talking to my friend in Portugal, they laugh at that because that's a very Spanish thing that sometimes it gets like, you know, you think that they do it in Portugal too, but they don't. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's much more relaxed. And, you know, for example, in Denmark, they get, um, what is it? Like, I think it's eight weeks of, no, I think it's more. I think it's 12 weeks of paid vacation per year. And like, that's just like the minimum by the government and everyone in the month of July takes off. Like in July, Copenhagen is, is, is closed. Like what? all business just because it's when everyone takes vacation yeah. and it's definitely, you know, different how they value leisure time. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's how things should be. I think that there's a lot of good and there's a reason that so much innovation comes from the state where there is this hustle culture but i think that it's like anything right like the extremes are never good and you know if you look at a lot of the data out there on on happiness you know scandinavian countries always come up as the top by metrics of happiness and i guess it makes sense if you're getting that much time off but then again you know what how does that play into the incentive of you know great companies and innovation coming from a country like that. It's, it's yeah. interesting to think about because it it's just, it's so different. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I mean, or even the United States, there's different places, right? Like Jaime, he's moved back from uh, Hawaii. So when he was in Hawaii, you know, he lived there for like a couple of years and it just was a different pace of life than, uh, you know, here in California. So he's moving back here and now he's on his now he's on his grind. He's doing his thing. And it's just, it's just different strokes, you know, different times of people's lives and what they're interested in. But I know for me, you know, I, I, I kind of like the faster pace. At least that's, that's, that's what I like. For sure. For sure, man. You know, and another thing before we move on from this trip thing, just something I think that's valuable to share. Um, yeah. You know, I mentioned before I went that this was the first time where I felt like really comfortable that like, you know, it's going to be 12 days, which could feel like a long time, but honestly, it really isn't. And then I was like, I don't care if like, I don't do a single workout. Like, I don't care if, you know, I'm not going to be looking for like a place to get a workout in, or we didn't stay at any hotels. We did all Airbnbs. So like, there wasn't going to be a hotel. Airbnb versus a hotel. Did you like that? Or did you, was it hit and miss? Um, I mean, we purposefully looked for just like, cheap like as cheap as possible with like good reviews that that it was like you know just clean and in a good area and that's it because the way we did this trip is 
we were spending no time in the Airbnb. Like it was a place to drop our bags and sleep at night, right? right. Like we were just out. So were the places that we got places that you would like want to hang out at in Nice? Not really. It was just like a small studio um, in the middle of Old Town. But for us, for what we wanted, which is being close to everything we wanted to check out and like clean and safe, it was perfect because we ended up being able to get something that was, you know, half as much as what some of the hotels were, even like the not nice hotels, because they were really small spaces and we didn't really need that much space. So I think for what we wanted specifically, it worked out, but you know, you don't get the hotel gym or the pool if you want to just hang out at the pool or going downstairs and being able to grab breakfast. Like those are all things that you don't get when you travel that way. But I think that for what we wanted to do, it, it worked out pretty well. Hmm. So we, did you actually, did you work out at all? No, no. So you I, didn't I, get any pregame pump push-ups before you went out for the day? So it's funny. One day in, in Paris, I was just like, <laughs> I, I'm going to do something. And I did 10 minutes every 30 seconds for 10 minutes, eight push-ups. That's like the one thing that I did. And it, it was fine. But I didn't feel like. Every man, 30 like, seconds, eight push-ups? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I mean, you got in 160 in 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I mean, quite a bit, actually, yeah. It's literally a way to get, like, a pretty solid pump in, like, yeah, just okay. 10 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, even after that, I was like, I, I don't need to do anything. I'm on vacation. And, like, we, we, we visited, like, every bakery there was to visit in, in all of Europe. Like, we had so many pastries, had ice cream every night. And I think the, the one thing that I took away from it was, A, how powerful – walking is that oh, people yeah. don't realize like we talk about it all the time right like some people get so fixated on like did i go to the gym today and did i do a workout and forget that you know whether you're trying to lose weight or just health in general it's all about balancing how much movement you get in a day with how many calories you're taking in in a day and the fact that we didn't work out at all but we were averaging twenty thousand steps a day with just walking everywhere like, and I know 12 days isn't a lot, but I, I came back and I felt like, given the fact that we ate everything our hearts desired, like, I didn't see any difference. Like, there, there, it's not like I came back and I was like, man, like, I really felt crummy or like put on some pounds. And I think it's just a testament to movement being movement. And sometimes, and I've been this way in the past, it's so easy to get caught up on, well, if I didn't do a Fran type workout, or if I didn't do like a something that left me like on my back, you know, trying to catch my breath, I didn't work out today. Yeah. Um, there's many other ways to get movement in um, that are equally as powerful if you're just trying to feel good and, you know, counterbalance the calories that you're taking in. Well, I mean, you could look at that, you know, if you want to, if you want to take that a step further, right? Look at the people in Europe in general, if they're walking more, right? Or even, I mean, you could say that there's also like some cities, even in the United States, some cities-ish, like New York-ish, maybe that's a lot more walking. Uh, maybe that's not the best example, but it's particularly in Europe where they walk more, right? And the, those countries seem to have a lower obesity rate than where people are more sedentary and drive more places. So, you know, I think, I think you're hitting the nail on the head, right? Yeah. Walk more and bike more. Like all yeah. of these cities have like, like Copenhagen, especially like they have, all bikes, right? they have roads and bridges that are only for bikes. Yeah. And, and yeah. they actually, one tour that we take, they said that 
you know, a big thing that they're trying to do is make it like the most bike friendly um, city there is. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, they value movement a lot more. And the second thing, you know, Portugal was a really interesting example of this. I don't know if you remember this from when you were there, but the corner stands that sell snacks sell fresh fruit. And I don't know if this was just a summer thing, but it's interesting how culturally, you know, like if you're walking around some of the big cities here, you know, in the corners, people are grabbing pretzels and grabbing hot dogs and grabbing, you know, all sorts of junk, for lack yeah. of a better term. Whereas here, and people were buying it, you know, the, the corner snack stands in like the really populated areas in Lisbon were fresh cherries and strawberries and, and, and watermelon. Um, and I think there's something to be said there about the cultural difference of what constitutes like a snack versus, you know, the garbage that we eat here. Yeah, I think there's the, the, the movement and the walking is a really good point. And, uh, you know, I, I think if I had it my way, if I can get someone just to start walking, and then start incorporating some like external load. Like I was talking to um, Ashley yesterday, um, you know, she's been really diligent with her workouts. Um, but I, I was reading, I don't know if I was reading an article or I, I don't know where I heard this from, but building muscle, was it you? No, it wasn't you who told me this. It must've been an article I read. Building muscle, like through like lifting weights is the only thing that you could do where like, it actually continues to burn more calories for like, it, if you have more muscle in your body, it actually helps to burn more calories when you're not doing anything and you're just sitting there, um, compared to more cardiovascular type training, which I've yeah. done, you, it kind of like hit home for me, right? Like, I don't think we put enough emphasis on strength training, but in addition, like we don't put enough emphasis on walking. I think we put too much emphasis on you know, laying, you know, laying on the ground after your workout. I don't think you need to be doing that, you know, although I did kind of, I went at it pretty hard today, but <laughs> well, I mean, that definitely has its purpose, right? And we've seen how powerful that type of training is both for ourselves yeah. and, and, and our members. I think it's just, you know, people get so tunnel vision on, well, did I go to the gym today or not? But, you know, they'll get home and, sit on the couch where they could easily go outside and like, you know, get a 15 minute walk and, and it would make a huge difference. Even if you didn't have time to go to the gym, like life happens, I get it, but there's little things you can do that, that add up. And, you know, Ariel and I, during the trip were very cognizant. We were like, Hey, we're not going to be working out. We're going to be not limiting ourselves on, on what we're eating because we're only going to be in every city twice. Like if I see something that I want to try, I'm going to try it. So, you know, like taking the stairs every single time in the airport, you know, not taking the escalator, like making sure that when we were at the airport waiting around, you know, you're about to sit in the plane, we were walking around in the airport, like those little things add up. And, and I feel like it's really easy not to do them because you feel like, well, what difference is it going to make if I, you know, just take the escalator a couple times. But, you know, for us over the course of 12 days, can't tell you how many escalators we were in front of that we took the stairs every time. And I'm sure that made a really big difference in just getting some movement in and being able to like enjoy the trip and come back home and not feel terrible just because we, we, we got some movement in by making a small decision that wasn't a big deal, but adds up. Now, when you guys were over there, you, you guys generally eat pretty clean. And so when you go over there now, I do think the gluten is a little bit different over there from my experiences in particular, like uh, in Italy and whatnot, when I've had like, and maybe this is like just a placebo effect, but they I say it's like, different. Yeah. They say it's different because the way wheat is grown there versus here. And, and, 
and uh, which is a whole nother like conversation. Yeah. But regardless of that, like when you look at like wheat, when you look at like what you ate, did you end up feeling crummy because of what you ate because you eat so clean here? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think so. Um, yeah. but it's, it's also hard to tell because, you know, we weren't getting like great sleep because we had a lot of, we had to catch like a lot of early planes on, on travel days. Um, we're also like walking so much. I also like, don't, I don't really drink. Um, but I, I, I had, you know, a cocktail and wine and beer, like every time we went out to eat, I, you know, it, the running joke since Ariel's obviously pregnant is that I was, I was drinking for two the whole trip. Ah, so, I mean, so, I mean, there could have been like a bunch of different factors as to why, like, you know, I woke up every morning, like not exactly feeling my best, but definitely not terrible. Um, another thing is Ariel was actually able to find, and it was pretty cool um, because she more than just like, doesn't feel great with gluten. Like she's been tested and doesn't have full blown celiac, but she really does have to avoid it. So she was looking for gluten-free bakeries and there are some really good ones, man. In Paris, like everything, croissants, baguettes, like eclairs, pastries, and they like specialize in doing everything gluten-free. And it was, it was cool because we got to, well, she got to, you know, kind of really indulge in that stuff, whether where, you know, where we live in Texas, you can't really find that stuff. Yeah. Dude, I'm looking forward to getting out there. I, I'm, I'm glad you had such a great trip. I know that, you know, with Ariel bringing pregnant, it's probably going to take you guys a while to get back out there. I'm, I'm going, we're, we're planning a trip for uh, next, next summer um, for Ava's five years. So that'll be nice. um, five year anniversary of her finishing treatment. So we're going to, we'll be out there. We'll be having some fun. So I don't know. I might, maybe I'll do like a, a, a business thing out there. So if there's gym owners out there, I'll, I'll let you guys know, but there you go. We'll meantime, set it up. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll set up something. Um, Cool, dude. Well, hey, what's uh, what's on the agenda for this week then? Anything new? So we're coming back into the business. Um, obviously, you know, um, we've missed you for for twelve days. Um, <laughs> but anything anything specific that's on your mind for this upcoming week? Um, you know, we have some really exciting content content capture coming up. You know, I think that one thing that we're really really starting to um, hit the ground running with is just putting more fun content out there, capturing more fun content, um, you know, getting stuff for our partner gyms as, as well. And just really doubling down on telling our brand story that I think is, is, is really special. You know, this idea of effort over everything um, and helping people live freely and fully outside the gym. So I don't want to spoil anything just yet, but I'm really excited for some content that we're going to be capturing. Liz, our social media manager is flying out to California. She was on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's going to yeah. be cool for her to go out there and spend some time at the gyms. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's really exciting and come down the pipeline. It's crazy that we're heading into to Q3 and we're oh, yeah. halfway yeah, of the year right behind though. us. You know, something that we've done a better job at NC fit with, and it took us a long time to get here is like just honing in on kind of what we're about, you know, this idea of, helping people live freely and fully. And that's not even like it's in the gym, it's out the gym. It's just in general. Like I was thinking about it, it's like, we want to help people to, you know, get away from uh, sickness, right? We want them to uh, these chronic diseases that we can maybe help with through fitness. And then also just be able to go do cool stuff, you know, and, and just keep up with their kids and go do all these things. And so I, I really feel good about where we're at with that kind of like North star. And then this idea of this overlaying mindset of like effort over everything. I just, it's been resonating with me more and more and more lately, just because I feel like, um, 
I just feel like it's it's just picking up steam, at least for me and, and my family. And this idea of like, it's just like a, a, it's like an ethos that we just follow. Like, hey, we just want you to guys to put in your best effort above anything else. And that's been really helpful. And so I, I'm glad that those are like two pillars at NC Fit that we've really leaned into. And I think we just need to do a better job messaging that more and more and more consistently, 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 and getting more people to kind of buy into that, that mindset. Yeah, man. And, and I think that also like this idea of focusing on effort over everything <laughs> when it comes to uh, training specifically is something that, you know, has been really kind of resonating with me lately in that, you know, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago and, and cutting down the days that I'm training, but like going in there and really like really putting in a full and dedicated effort, whether that, you know, means spending a lot less time on my phone, like not spending rest periods, like kind of scrolling through, like being very intentional about every rep and every movement that I'm doing. I think that, you know, this idea of effort also doesn't have to always just mean that you got your heart rate to go up the highest or you're like, you know, getting um, that like, you know, cough after because you worked out so hard and breathed so hard. Like I think it can mean different things to different people, but ultimately what we're getting after is the fact that you're putting 100% focus on what you're doing in that moment. Um, even if that means that you're doing it less throughout the week because you don't have the time to, I think that it's really impactful. It's been impactful to me to, instead of, putting a moderate effort in six times a week to yeah. put like a really, really strong effort in three to five times a week and then have more time for other things that require my time and effort during the other days and getting more results out of that than just, you know, being at like 70% all the time. Yeah. 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 I, I find the same thing. Like when I go take a class, I'm just so present, so focused. It allows me to really go execute with that best effort. And I get, I get more bang for the buck. And like yesterday, for example, though, I, um, so this week, I think I've taken uh, three classes so far at NC Fit, but I've also uh, tested a workout with some of our coaches. And that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, our team, we're really blessed to have a great team on the, like, like the marketing sales, but we also have great coaches and uh, we test the workouts. And I just think it's important to note that for those of you listening who utilize our, you know, NC Fit app for their gym, or maybe utilize our app for in the gym, you know, at home or whatever, all these workouts get tested. And yesterday was a really good example. We were doing a workout and it had originally been programmed with 15 box jump overs. So it'd be like, you jump up on a box, you then rotate over and you step down. And it was a 10 minute AMRAP, which is pretty long. Uh, and, and one component of it was these 15 jump, uh, box jump stepovers. And, um, after we were done with the 10 minute, you then rest and you do again for five minutes. And we switched up the workout to do traditional box jumps. And then the second set, we do a box jump over. And the reason why I felt that way is because after testing it and going through it, I feel like it was a lot of rotational movement on my knee as I jumped up and stepped over. But had we not tested it, I don't know if we would have seen that type of, um, feedback. So that was just a long-winded way of saying that all of our workouts are tested, which makes a big difference. But when I am testing the workouts, again, we're going at it with that best effort, um, that EOE mindset. We were doing that yesterday. And so you'll be, we'll be seeing that workout come out in the next couple of weeks, which, uh, Gabe, you got to do that one if you, if you, if you haven't. Uh, you got to get after that one. 
Will do. Will do. You know, and another thing that, you know, I've been going down this, this rabbit hole on the training side of like hypertrophy training and like, like really um, training to put on muscle and kind of where I want my training to go in, in the coming months. And an interesting thing that I, that I read, and I, I, I do tend to agree with, especially for people that have been doing our type of training for, for a while, is this idea that, you know, people underestimate how much effort it takes to put on muscle yeah. and overestimate, and sorry, under, yes, underestimate that, but they overestimate how much effort it takes to maintain. Um, and it's just like really interesting idea that a lot of people are kind of in this middle where they're almost doing too much to just maintain where they're at, if they're happy where they're at, um, but aren't doing enough to actually put on more. Like it's, it's, it's really easy if you've been doing this training for a while to really underestimate the amount of progressive overload it takes to put on more muscle on top of what you already have. Um, cause we all genetically just have a ceiling. Like you're genetically bigger than me. I don't think I'm ever going to be Jason Kalipa size. <laughs> well, I mean, you are, uh, you are wearing a tank top today. So you look pretty jacked right now, dude. I'm trying, I'm trying everything, but, um, you know, they're, underestimate they're, they're, how hard it is to put on more muscle, but oh, underestimate, over overestimate, uh, how much it takes to maintain. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It, I'm, I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, and, and so a lot of people end up floating in this like middle area where you're honestly doing a little bit too much to not move the needle in the opposite direction, but you're definitely not doing enough to like continue to put on, on, on more muscle. And I think that, that that's been a really beneficial way for me to look at it. And that's had a huge impact on kind of this new approach of less training days, but making sure that I'm very deliberate about those days and that, you know, whatever I'm pulling from NC flex, I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on the muscle group that I'm supposed to be working that day and I'm full range of motion and not, you know, one thing that is very specific to hypertrophy training that we, I think lose when we do, you know, Metcons and stuff for time for years is this idea where, you really are trying to isolate a specific mm. muscle right. in that movement because everything that we've done, you know, coming up from CrossFit and the training that we do now at NC Fit is how can I use more muscles to move more load, right? Faster. So I'm, I'm always going to try and use the big movers and try and use everything. Whereas, you know, if you're trying to make your lats grow, you don't want to use any momentum or any other muscle other than your lat. You don't, you don't even want to activate the bicep on that pull. You want your lat to be doing all the work. So it's been interesting to have that change in how I approach certain movements because it makes you have to be a lot more conscious about it. And also like checks your ego because you're like, well, I can do a bent over row with this much weight. But then you look at the video and you're like, ah, I'm really not executing as I should be. So you have to use something that's, you know, a lot lighter than what you would expect but it's the weight that really allows you to do it right. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta pull back that video of uh, when I, that I did with Hani Rambod and this gentleman Derek. We were, we were training, and I, I can't remember the exact movement I was doing. Um, it, maybe it was a dip. Maybe it was. I, I can't remember the exact movement, but I remember that when I was doing it and I was engaging, like for like, let's just say I was trying to get max reps of, I don't know, it was like lat pull down or uh, whatever it might have been. I was able to get way more reps. But he's like, dude. 
you're, you're not engaging the muscle I'm trying to have you engage. And as soon as he had me focus on that particular muscle, I felt 30% weaker, right? But it was, but it was just isolating that particular area. And that's, that's an area where, you know, I, I do think in the future through NC flex, I need to start incorporating more of that style of training. Um, just because for so many years, I've been more compound multi-joint and just kind of like trying to get more work done. But I, I rarely have ever just isolated. And this goes for jujitsu too. You know, in jujitsu, you're not isolating anything really for that matter. And, and frankly, you probably don't really want to. You're not trying to say, hey, I want to, you know, isolate whatever to get this guy off me. You're just trying to get him off of you. And so I think we could all probably benefit for some like supplemental rotational work in the shoulder, uh, lat engagement, whatever that may be. So, all right, I might have to throw in once a week NC Flex. I mainly just do NCX. <laughs> it's good, man. It's 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 good. It's a good balance again, especially for people that you know they call it training age that have a very advanced training age where you've been doing this kind of stuff for a really long time. You know, for people that are just getting into resistance training, like I think the compound lifts are great because yeah. you get a lot of bang for your buck, right? And it teaches you how to use your entire body, and 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 you know, there's so many advantages to multi joint movements. But I think that, you know, it comes back to that, you know, 20% effort to get 80% there and then 80% effort to get 20% of the way. I just think that for some people that, you know, still are looking for a slight body composition change or, you know, just add a little bit more muscle or losing those last couple pounds, like you just have to be so much more meticulous because it, it's not like it scales linearly, right? It's not like if I keep working doing exactly the same things that got me 80% of the way here, I'm going to get that last 20%. It gets a lot tougher. And that's where a lot of people get frustrated. And that's mm -hmm. where a lot of people, and we can record a completely different podcast on this. That's why I think a lot of people in our space hop around programs so much. And I, I think that people get frustrated by the fact that like, well, I've gotten this far and now I can't get that last little step of the way there. And a lot of people, when they get to that point, the first thing to go is, well, the programming isn't the secret sauce, right? Of course. Okay. Right. Of course. Like they get, yeah. So then you switch from this program to that program mm -hmm. to this program, but yeah. And, and you know, what might be is honestly, like you're saying is, is what you call it? Training age. You know, you might get to a specific time or area in your, in your journey where you might need to start incorporating some of this more isolation type training or other things to switch it up. Um, or you might need to start looking at your sleep, your diet and all that kind of thing too. But yeah, you're right. The, the, the training program typically is what people look at for that last little bit when it might be other factors as well. Yeah. I mean, coaches have seen this time and time again, right? Like you have someone come in that hasn't done this training before and they're hitting PRs left and right, even though they might not be sleeping well, eating well, doing any yeah. mobility work. Like they're just like, they just walk in through the doors of the gym and get stronger. And right, right, that, right. that's going to, that's going to happen in the beginning. Right. But then you get to a point where they're like, ah, you know, like I haven't hit a PR in a while or, you know, the numbers staying flat or you don't even match what you've done before. And instead of people being like, well, maybe it's my sleep or maybe it's my diet or maybe it's all these things. It's like, well, I need the new back squat cycle or I need to do what, you know, insert athlete on Instagram here's program is, and that's going to solve my issues. Um, and I, I've been there, man, like all these things that frustrate me, like, 
I've, I've, I've done them and I've been like, you know, the most frustrating athlete that, you know, doesn't listen to my own advice now. Um, but it's, it's somewhere where I think a lot of people could benefit from realizing that you just have to have more patience down the line and really oh, yeah. commit to whatever you're doing. Just, you have to do it longer. Like it's not going to keep coming exponentially like it did in the beginning. Yeah. And having fun with it, man. Staying consistent with it, you know, find some jujitsu if you like that jump into one of our gyms, but, uh, Hey, I was going to tell you, I think that, um, I think for gym owners and coaches, that podcast we did last week with Stu, I thought was really, was really powerful. I hope that some gym owners, if you, if you didn't listen to it, make sure you guys go back and, and listen to the episode that was releasing, uh, last week with Stu and Gabe and I, I think that he had a lot of good things to share. Um, one thing in particular I took away, and I think you remember what he was talking about with the three stages, awareness, consideration, and then purchase. I thought that was really helpful. We took, we had a full conversation about just sales basically in the gym. And so if you guys missed that one, not to pivot this conversation, just make sure you guys go check that out. Because I do think from the business side of boutique fitness, micro gyms, as, uh, as uh, Stu would call them, there was a lot of value there. So make sure you guys can go check that one out. I enjoyed that episode we did. Yeah, great episode. I, I always appreciate talking to Stu. Super sharp guy. I know that he, um, you know, the way he approaches things is a little brash. And, and for some people that might be polarizing, but the one thing that I don't think anyone can disagree with is the guy knows his stuff. Um, and if you're you're looking for, you know, good, marketing, business content, definitely give that guy a follow and check out the podcast we did with him. Yeah, we did that last week. Um, you know, so what I want to do, um, kind of, I mean, I, we could keep these as long or as short as we, we want, but I think that, you know, just catching up, I think Gabe and I will have different people on the show. It'll be, it'll be Gabe, it'll be MDV, it'll be, um, you know, some of our team at NC Fit, it'll be Stu, whoever, right? And Gabe and I will just be riffing on different subjects that are on our mind as today, you know, talking about Europe because he just got back. Um, but dude, I, I actually have um, this weekend, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm doing an Airbnb for a couple of days, two days. I'm taking the kids to a place called Russian River. So I will let you know how that goes. I'm going to oh, attempt nice. to fish and uh, we will see how the fishing, how the fishing goes. Um, but it's, you could technically fish right on the river. So we're staying right there. If I catch a fish though, I'm going to, I'm going to have to let you know, I'll send you a picture, but that's what I got going on. Um, it's actually Ashley's birthday is coming up. So it's, it's, it's going to be a good week, man. I, uh, ain't, what do you got planned this weekend? Just catching up on a lot of stuff, um, here on the farm. Uh, you know, we're super fortunate that we had, we're able to go away and, and have our parents kind of, <laughs> did you come back? Was it a mess or what? No, I mean, not a mess. We did unfortunately lose two turkeys, but, um, uh, it, it's funny. So super funny, like farming two turkeys. So they, I, they fly away, they get eaten. eaten. No, they, they, they drowned. This is like super bummer to end the podcast on, <laughs> but, um, sorry to, it's, I mean, it's not funny in retrospect, but so they've been growing up with our ducks. So they've just like kind of attached themselves to our flock of ducks. And so what yeah. we think happened because we just found them, um, they drowned in this big water basin that we have for the cows is I think they just think they're ducks because they grew up as chicks with, with, with the adult ducks, they follow them everywhere. Like they're a part of the duck flock. And I think that, you know, they're like, they're like, well, the ducks can swim. And I think they just got into this big water basin and found out that, you know, turkeys don't swim, man. <laughs> well, it, 
All right. Well, I I don't know anything about turkeys, and I don't know anything <laughs> about ducks, and so that sucks, though, man. Well, hey, I hope you get some more ducks or uh, uh, some more turkeys in the future. But hey, life on a farm, man. You got to keep us always posted on life on the farm. You always got something going on. Dude, there's always something. There's it, it. It doesn't end. But yeah, just have to catch up on some little things um, here and there this weekend, and get ready. We're going to be going back um, after taking a two month hiatus to the farmers market in July on Saturdays. So we sell our our pasture raised pork there. So just have to get ready for things to ramp back up here. We kind of put things on pause a little bit until this Europe trip, but now we're going to ramp back up. So just got to get get some stuff situated. Dude, get the farmer's market going. Get the sales and marketing going. Uh, dude, I'm super stoked that you were able to go away, go have fun with Ariel. I'm glad the team was able to step up, do their thing. And I think it's a good testament to what you've been able to do. I think it's a good um, it's a good inspiration for other people out there, right? You should be able to go out, go out. If you're a gym owner, you should be able to go and leave for 10 days. You should have other people be able to go handle the business for you. And 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 I'm not saying that you, you can't still be online a little bit, handling maybe big issues that come up and whatnot. Um, it's definitely something I've had to get better about over the years and still something I struggle with for sure. Um, but you should still be able to go and go away and have, you know, people that you trust running at your gym. If, if you're not there yet, you should just try and work towards that. It's a good goal. And I think Stu's podcast is a step uh, to start learning some of those features. So you can go do that as a gym owner. So, well, dude, go Mets. Uh, I hope they end up doing well. I have no idea how well they're doing. I hope they're still doing good. I'm glad you had such yeah. a great time. And, uh, dude, make sure you guys go check out Gabe Giannis. He hasn't shared that much on social. I think he's on IG stories. And um, stay tuned for all the previous episodes. Check out the Cough with Kalipos. Those are on Mondays. Those are always like a short little ding, 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 ding. We have the episodes with Gabe and other guests. Um, so make sure you guys go check that out. And um, appreciate you, Gabe. Hope you have a great day, brother. So the one thing that I, I, I do want to mention, because this is going to come out next week, is we're starting a bi-weekly newsletter for gym owners um, that, that I'm going to be writing. So if you're interested in getting every other week just some content on business, sales, marketing, essentially just anything that comes to mind, kind of taking a, a page out of Jason's book with Coffee and Kalipa and just what he's thinking about in the business, whatever I'm thinking about in terms of sales and marketing with NC Fit, I want to share that in this newsletter. Um, so we'll, we'll have the link ready and we'll include it in the show notes when this episode comes out. But if you're a gym owner interested in that stuff and want to get my newsletter, um, our newsletter, um, the Build Better newsletter in your inbox every other week, make sure to sign up. And if you're an athlete, EOE Weekly, I know we're just wrapping up our recovery month, but definitely a newsletter for you to sign up if you're an athlete, a coach, or a gym owner for that matter, and you know want to get weekly content on all things training, recovery, motivation, and nutrition. Um, really fun writing both of those, so make sure you sign up. Dude, those are great, great, great. I'm super excited for the gym owner one. And I think the EOE Weekly has been very, very high value for a long time. And I expect the gym owner one to be the same thing. So do get excited for that. Check out the show notes for that information and uh, keep getting after it. 